You're listening to Through the Rift, your guide to enjoying your favorite game. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the fourth episode of Through the Rift. I'm Lex. And I'm Nikki. And today we're talking about instant adventure. We'll also have overachievers, tips and tricks, the art of Rift, and our new segment, Guild Perks. So pour yourself a drink, sit back, relax, and enjoy another episode of Through the Rift. The faceless man orders, and I obey. I don't ask questions. As always, let's start things off by talking about what we've been doing in-game this week. What have you been up to in-game, Nikki? Well, I've been doing quite a few things, actually. I've gone back to our guild dimension, of course, and I decided to try out some of the dimension projectors. One of our guildies was generous enough to buy all of the... um, planes projectors so i got to try earth and fire and life and the sky projectors what's that the sky projectors yes the sky projectors thank you um the fire one turned everything the whole sky was red and the ground cover when there were pink flowers they actually showed up red they like got really saturated so that was a fun one but I think um, probably my favorite was the water one. It kind of made everything hazy and uh, kind of cloudy, and I really liked it. Uh, the death projector was also really fun because it made everything purple, like the whole dimension turned purple. <laughs> so does it affect the landscape too or just the sky? Mainly the sky, but it seems to affect the landscape color-wise. Like, things seem to take on um, this, the color of the projector's plane. For instance, the, the light sky projector, it not only changed the sky green, but it was kind of like the ground cover was reflecting, or I don't know how to explain it, but it, the, all the ground cover kind of looked more greenish, and the buildings and everything, too. So, kind of like you were shining a green light on everything? Yeah, that kind of yeah, thing? that's what it seemed like. Well, that's really cool. I I saw those in the guild bank, um, but I didn't realize you'd actually try them out. I I want to see that. That's that's pretty cool. So, have you decided on one to use for the dimension, or are you going to leave it au natural, or what are you gonna do? I have to say, I do like it just without any sky projector, just because okay. it's kind of peaceful and we have it's a tavern setting. So, right. I don't know, going outside and, you know, you're in the flowers and the grass, and that's kind of nice just as is. But if I had to pick one, I think I might go with the water, like I was saying before. Like, just put that up and possibly change it out every once in a while. Okay, yeah. Once people get used to the water, I'll change it to fire, and suddenly our dimensional look totally different. <laughs> so. That's really cool. So does it... um does it affect the entire dimension or just a certain area? No, the whole dimension, and it doesn't seem to matter where you put it. 
So I thought originally I'd have to put it like on top of a building or something like that <laughs> like a, a, to really project everywhere, but that's not how it works. You just kind of set it down wherever and it changes everything. Yeah, well, I think we've already established that Rift's dimensions are not uh, limited by the laws of physics in any way. That's right. You can float things in the air, you can place things wherever you want. So I like cool. that about them, though. And so then, what else have you been up to? Well, I've been doing a lot of instant adventures with the guild, which kind okay. of ties yeah. back into our podcast today. But Yes. And that's a lot of fun, doing it with guildies, um, to just run around and kill a bunch of things and loot a bunch of things and just nonstop going, going, going. Um, I also got the Tarta- Tartagon, <laughs> this is kind of tough for me to say, but Tartagon mount through Raptor. Oh, the two-headed turtle thing? Yeah, it's a two-headed turtle, and I have another tortoise-type mount, and I thought maybe this one would be different, because you get it as a special reward, um, and I thought it would look different, but it's very similar, so I'm a little bit disappointed about that. I think the seat is a different color, like the seat for the one that I just got is blue instead of brown or something, but that's alright. And that's right. from Raptor? Yep, yeah. So Raptor, for those of our listeners that don't know, Raptor is just a program. You can download it, and it will track your game time for whatever game you're playing. It seems like it works well with Steam, too, if you guys play games on Steam. And um, so, yeah, depending on how much time you log in the game, you get certain rewards from the different game companies. Like Tryon has different Rift rewards that you can gain. So that's kind of fun, and it's kind of fun to see how I rank against you, Lex. <laughs> you could tell I played a little bit more than you. <laughs> well, you've been on Raptor a little bit more than me. I don't think you've played more than me. Ah, uh, okay, yeah, you haven't been logging the time as much. Yeah, we should we should compare our slash played sometime. I'll bet I got you beat. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> The last thing I've been doing a lot of is just making things, uh, crafting things, especially for guildies. I am happy to make items for um, for our friends and people in game that we play with. So I've been making bags, mainly the chiffon bags. They're 26 slot. But recently I got the recipe to make Empyrean bags, which are 28 slot. And those are a little bit pricier to make, though, because you need true hide along with bolts of Empyrean silk. Oh, wow. And I think some folks, it's a little out of their price range right now as they're leveling, so they just get chiffon bags. But I'm planning on making myself all Empyrean bags when I can afford it. Yeah, yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah. Do you, what size bags do you have? Oh, I don't. I don't remember. I have a mix of different sizes. How, how big are the Empyrean ones again? 28 slots. 28. Yeah, I don't think I have any 28. I think I've got... Or no, I think you made me one one of those. And then I have a few of the 26 and a few 24s, I think. Okay. And is that the same in your bank, too? No, no. My, my bank is all, uh, I think, Spirit Weave. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> how many slots is Spirit Weave? I can't recall. I I don't remember. Something like 20 or something pretty low. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm doing pretty good as far as uh, my bag space on on my guy, but the the bank space, I could use more bank space. Yeah, same here. 
Well, I'll have to make you all Empyrean bags one day when we're rich. Yeah, one day when we're when rich. When we're rolling in platinum. So is there anything else you've been up to? That's about it. What have you been doing lately? Well, um, I, uh, I've been doing some crafting too and uh, kind of working on, on my gear. I've been 60 for a little bit now and I'm kind of starting to start thinking about uh, getting into more dungeons. So I've been working on my gear a little bit. I mentioned last week that I'd gotten a new shield from the world uh, bender for the infinity stone. That's right. And I I did the upgrade of that shield finally. It took me like 6,700 and some infinity stone to, wow. to get that. Yeah, I was saving for a while. Um, and I, I found out that uh, there's actually a third upgrade for that shield. And, and I didn't realize, and uh, I, I may not be alone, so for any of our listeners that didn't realize this, when you uh, are looking at an upgradable item and you alt-click on it to see what it can upgrade into, sometimes when you look at that item that it upgrades into, that will be upgradable and you can alt-click on that and see the next level. And I did not realize that you could pre preview it like that. So it looks like that pretty much all of those world of... I, I keep wanting to call them world event items. I, I don't think that's really what they're called. But the items <laughs> you get from that world vendor right. uh, for the Infinity Stone, um, I think all of those you can upgrade two times. So they uh, on the third time, you've got a, you've got a purple item. Oh, nice. So what level did you have to be to get that third upgrade? Or that second upgrade, I mean. Well, the items are level 60 items. Oh, so, okay. Okay. Gotcha. So the, the first base item that you buy is a level 60 item. And I can't remember if the first one was green or blue. I think it was green. And then the first upgrade upgrades it to blue, and then it goes to purple. Okay. So I can't buy anything with Infinity Stone until I turn 60. Yeah, I don't think so. I, oh, I think okay. everything, yeah, that's all like level 60 stuff. And so once I realized that uh, that you could upgrade those all up to purple, I'm a lot more interested in getting those, especially for the slots I'm not planning to have expert gear for. So I've also got the necklace and the wand from that, from that set too. And I also want to get the mace because I found out when you get to the top upgrade of the shield and the mace, they actually have a little two-piece set bonus together, which is kind of cool. Awesome. So here's the important question. What does the mace look like? <laughs> does well, it look cool? it's, it's kind of interesting. Each of the three versions of it look different. Oh. So the, the, the first level of it, the green one, uh, Actually, I think the first one is blue. But anyway, the, the first one that you get isn't that great looking. Uh, the second one is really kind of weird. It's it's hard to describe, but it's not... It, it's like if you took a mace and bent it at like a 45 degree angle. It's it's kind of weird looking, but it's kind of cool. And then the, the final version of it is, is fairly, fairly cool looking. Um, but yeah, it... It looks like a pretty decent mace, and I also finally crafted the first of my tanking rings I think I was talking about last time. Yay! Yeah, that was uh, quite 
an endeavor not so much for the ring the mats for the ring weren't weren't bad at all it was like some carthite and some rhenium and some things from the vendor um it wasn't bad but what was bad was getting the making the augment with my apothecary so i made the uh i don't know if it's i don't think it's the ultimate best augment you can get in game it's the purple one uh for endurance i i think that there's actually orange augments that you can get uh I think you get the the recipes from like raid drops or something. I'm not sure about that, but it, it's basically the best augment I can make. And to make that, I, I think I needed, I think it was five or seven of the immaculate inert fragments. Oh, wow. Which those, you can only get those by salvaging a an essence that is purple of level 52 or higher. Oh. And I haven't even seen one of those. And if I do, I am putting it in my source machine. I am not breaking it down. Right. <laughs> so I had to buy them on the auction house. And there for quite a while, they were going for like 30 platinum a piece. But just in the last few days, they have been dropping in price on our shard. They went down the, to 15 and I got the last couple ones today for 10. Nice. That's great. Yeah, so it, it was basically just a lot of platinum to buy those. Um, so I got the first one made, and so now I'm starting to save platinum to get the stuff for the second one. Okay, well hopefully the 30 platinum price was unusual, and maybe they're usually 10. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, I haven't been paying attention to them, but yeah, I, I'm kind of curious how, how people are getting those. Um, I don't know... I don't think essences drop in dungeons that much or at all. I think that mainly they drop in um, rifts. I think so. Maybe they're getting them from the highest level great hunt rifts. I don't. I don't know. I'm I'm showing my noobishness. I guess I, I don't really know. That's all right. <laughs> where those I purple mean, essences come from? Yeah, we're all new to the the levels, the new levels. So right, and you know you can buy uh, purple essences. Uh, from you know the notoriety vendors like the Lycini hunters or the the Lycini hunters, the Torvin hunters and the <laughs> Lycini, uh, but you have to have really good notoriety with them to get those, and they cost a lot of infinity stones. So I find it hard to believe that people are buying those and then breaking them down just so that they can make augments. Yeah, same here. There's got to be some some trick or something to it. Well, we'll learn in the future. What else have you been doing? Well, yeah, I, I don't want people to think I just sit around uh, watching the auction house and crafting. I've, I've actually played the game a little bit, too. <laughs> um, I've, I've started doing uh, some of the Storm Legion expert dungeons. And I've been doing them as DPS because I, I think I mentioned in a previous podcast, I, I like to see a dungeon as a DPS before I tank it. Although, I'm, I'm starting to wonder about that philosophy, because it seems like these days, especially with the Storm Legion dungeons, that it's almost... I, I think it's easier to tank than it is to DPS. Really? It, it just I don't know. I could be wrong, but it just seems like, as a, as a tank, there isn't quite so much to worry about as far as, like, not standing in the poo and, like, having to run around at different times, because you can kind of take it a little bit, where... Yeah. DPS, it's like you really gotta 
you know, be getting out of the way of things that could kill you. And, um, but on the other hand, you know, the tank is expected to know what he's doing. And a lot of times, you know, if, if someone in the group doesn't know the fights, it's usually the tank or the healer that explains it. So to, to, I just, I don't know. I just think to go into a dungeon and have no clue <laughs> what's going on in the tank. Yeah. It'd be kind of weird. And, yeah. and, uh, yeah, especially, you know, in a pug. If it was a guild run, I, I wouldn't mind so much. But uh, So I've been doing them as DPS, and so far, I know I've done Unhallowed, Boneforge, Empyrean Core, and Golem Foundry uh, as expert. And at least with those, I've been really surprised. Um, if you remember back to level 50, when we were doing experts at level 50, it was quite a jump and just kind of difficulty and and the amount like the amount that you had to kind of just pay attention to what you were doing yeah when you went from the normal dungeons to the expert you know there were additional bosses the bosses had quite a few more mechanics yep and with the storm legion ones i've done it doesn't seem like not so much uh you know, there's definitely more damage coming at you, and you know each boss may have you know one or two more mechanics, but it it really seems like uh, that that difficulty is actually going into the normal dungeons the first time and le learning the mechanics the first time, and once you've got the normals down to go into the experts, it it doesn't seem like it's that big of a deal it's like each fight's like oh well there's these couple other things to think about and other than that it's pretty much just more damage wow well that sounds good to me <laughs> yeah yeah i was i was actually pretty happy today because in in one of the dungeons i was in i finally uh, a decent staff dropped for me awesome. and uh yeah that was great because i've actually been uh DPSing in these dungeons. I mean, I'm primarily a tank, so all my gear—not all my gear, but all of my best gear—is tank gear. So I do, you know, save uh, pieces I have that are more DPS gear that are good enough. You know, I save them for when I'm doing a dungeon as DPS. I can put those on, but um, still, most of my my items are tank items, which, you know, is, is fine. I'm still you know, rocking plenty of spell power. Um, I'm usually, you know, first or second on, on the DPS chart. But um, <laughs> I was having to use my mace and my shield mm -hmm. in order to have enough hit to be able to do the experts because you have uh, to have 300 hit. Right. And so I would go into these experts and almost every time somebody would be like, what are you doing DPSing with a shield? Oh. <laughs> And I'd have to be like, yeah, yeah, I know. I, I really do know what I'm doing. I'm not a total noob. I just, <laughs> you know, I have to have the hit. And, you know, sometimes people would be like, oh, whatever. And then sometimes people would actually be kind of shitty about it, you know? Well, that's not cool. Yeah, and I'd just be like, well, just, you know, do a few pulls and watch my DPS. And, and then usually after that, they, they wouldn't have a problem. But uh, it was nice to get that staff and actually, you know, have it be... Uh, enough hit that I don't have to use the mason shield anymore to, to have my 300 hit. <laughs> Good. Congratulations. Yeah. And it's funny because no, I guess, you know, people don't really inspect you that much in dungeons because I've never really 
had anyone say anything else about all the other tanking pieces I'm wearing, but it's hard not to notice, you know, a guy with a shield running around. <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I've, I've done some of those, and I've also, um, this is actually what I'm most excited about, um, more than doing dungeons, I've been questing in the Dendrome, and I, on our last episode, I you know, said that I was ready to go in there and I've done some questing in there and I love it. It is my new favorite zone in the game. I love the dendrome. It's beautiful. beautiful. That's awesome. Yeah, and you said that was like a fey world, right? Yes, yes. It's um there's a lot of fey, a lot of uh life things going on. Um the I I've participated in two or three zone events there and they were all life zone events. And there is a city in uh, the Dendrome called Hylaw. So you've probably noticed the the Hylaw uh, faction. Um, yes, yes, totally. Yeah, I think you turn in your weaponsmithing uh, quest to them, don't you? Your daily that sounds quest? right. Yeah, I turn in some crafting quest to them. The Hylaw city is like a fairy city. And it was founded by our good friend and favorite Faye, Atrophinius himself. Ah. And it's great. It's awesome. It's like Narnia, only better. Because all the animals there talk, so you can talk to all the animals. And like the, the vendors are um, like guinea pigs, and there's lots of rabbits and cats and so all So do kinds all of the critters. vendors look like snogs then? That companion? <laughs> I think he's I'm a guinea pig. Trying to think. Yeah, no. Well, Snogs is like really fat. <laughs> they're not that fat, I don't think. Okay. <laughs> but um, yeah, they're and really, I don't think they look like guinea pigs. I think they look like that. Uh, what was it? A South American rodent that we were talking about before. The largest rodent. I think it's a capybara. Yeah, capybara. they look like that. That's what they look like. They don't really look like guinea pigs, but okay. according to what the people are saying in in the town, they're they're guinea pigs. But um, yeah, it's it's really cool. I actually learned quite a bit about the history of the town um, and how Atrophinius founded it um, because there is a stage in the town, and and you end up having to go there for a quest. You know, one of those quests where they kind of have you tour the town and go talk to different NPCs. Yeah. And this stage, they give puppet shows. And it's... They're actually... Some of them are pretty pretty hilarious. I, I probably, at some point, I will... Um, I will grab some 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 sound bites from them and use them because there's some some pretty funny one-liners in those puppet shows. That sounds like so much fun. I want to see the puppet shows. Yeah, yeah, you'll have to check them out. And not only are they entertaining to watch, but they actually tell you quite a bit about the lore of the game. Like I said, they have one about how how the city was founded. Mm -hmm. um, one of them that I found really interesting was about the dragons. Oh. And it's funny, you know, as long as, as much as I've played this game and, you know, I've heard all about Regulos and Crucia and, um, oh, what's the, the fire dragon? Maelstorm uh, or Maleforge or something. Something like that. But anyway, you know, you hear about all these dragons all the time. And probably part of it is because I speed read through quests a lot of times. But a after hearing kind of the story of where the dragons came from and and kind of how all that worked and how they came to Talara 
just like hearing it all kind of put together like that, there's a lot of missing pieces that were filled in for me, and it's it's pretty interesting, pretty cool. Awesome. So yeah, I, I definitely recommend checking out the puppet shows. <laughs> <laughs> Dendrum's also a great place to, to quest once you're level 60 because all of your carnages and your daily quests are, are giving you the uh, infinity stones for rewards. So you're you're getting the stuff that you need to to get your essences and get some of the the gear. And it's it's a lot of fun. It's a really pretty zone. Very. Um, green and lush and you know i like that kind of stuff yeah and they has good music oh yeah i love i love the music there especially in the city of hylal itself yeah and here is a request for for tryon uh we got for our guild dimension we got uh, a music box which is uh one of the few interactable if that's a word uh items that you <laughs> can get Interactive, yeah, <laughs> that you can get uh, for your dimension. And the music boxes are really cool. They, I think there's only three of them in game right now. We got the Ember Isle one. And I think there's one for Iron Pine, and I don't remember what the third zone was. But basically, you put this thing in your dimension, and it changes. I Actually, I don't think our guild dimension at least had any background music. But it makes the background music for your dimension whatever the music is for that zone for the music box. So we, we're rocking, you know, the Ember Isle music in our dimension, which until I went to Hylaw was one of my favorite, uh, like, zone musics yeah. in in the game. But I really love the Hylaw music. So Tryon, please, please um, make us a Hylaw uh, jukebox for our, our dimensions. That would yeah, be that would be sweet. Awesome. I would I would gladly pay credits for that. If that's one of those items that you can only get with credits, I would totally pay credits for that. Yeah, our guildmates spend enough time in our dimension that that would totally pay for itself. Yeah, I just... The, the music is um, kind of like what you would expect if you think fairy music. It's kind of whimsical and light and, you know, some harps and flutes. And um, I, I really like it. Uh, Very fae-like. Yeah, totally, totally. Um, I, I did some IAs too. Uh, I've done some with you and some by myself. Yep. Uh, also, we've both done, I think, quite a bit of the Madness and Methosia event. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I haven't been doing it as much as I thought I would or as much as even if, as I would like to be, because of what we discussed last week, which is that you have to be in Methosia in order to see those events going on on your map and so you know if i want to do ias or quest in storm legion i really have no idea when those events are going on yeah that makes it difficult yeah but that's that's unfortunate but i do try to do at least a, a few of them every day and they're pretty fun and uh i got the the defiant cape oh I was, i'm jealous yeah, I was very lucky. I didn't get the Guardian one. I, I think we were wondering on a previous episode uh, whether you get your faction or whether it's random. And we, we have confirmed since then that it is random and yeah. that those capes are... Uh, I don't remember if they're soulbound or bound on account, but you cannot sell them <laughs> on the right. auction house. Do you remember? Are they bound on account? Can you send them to your alts? I believe they're bound in account. I'm 99% sure that you can send them to alts. 
Yeah, so you know, if you're if you're rocking Defiant as you should be, and you get a Guardian Cape and you have a Guardian Alt, I guess you can send it to your alt. But uh, if you're just like all Defiant all the time and you get a Guardian Cape, you're just uh, shit out of luck. <laughs> well, maybe you have Guardian friends and you want to show your support. You know? No. <laughs> no. I you mean, can't relate I. To that you know, we all, let huh? them in the guild, right? I mean, that's that's showing enough support, isn't it? All right. <laughs> if you say so. Yeah, unfortunately, I have not gotten them out, and I don't think anyone in our guild has gotten them out yet, have they? No, not to my knowledge. Yeah, I've I've seen a couple of them in Tempest Bay. I've seen some people sporting them, but I haven't gotten one. It must be kind of a rare drop. Yeah, yeah, it must be. I, I hope it's not as rare as that Merdantic spawn mount from uh, the Hammernell Chronicle. Yeah, which is what, 1% drop rate? <laughs> oh, you know, I don't remember. I think it's less than 1%. What? Oh my god. Yeah, for some reason the number 0.4 is sticking in my head. Oh. But I I wouldn't bet money on that, but it is like it's either 1% or less than 1%. It is very very low, which makes it even more amazing that I got one. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, I got really lucky. Um, Chris on Rift Reporter, uh, he's mentioned on there. I don't know if he still is, um, but I was listening to some of their back... Do you call them back episodes with podcasts? Sure, <laughs> ba- back backlog. <laughs> backlog, yeah. I was listening to some of their older episodes, and he was talking about how he was farming that Chronicle, trying to get that mount, and he just like wasn't getting it. And and that's actually where I heard about the, the drop rate, like... How, how low it was and uh, I, I felt kind of bad because we, we haven't even done it that many times and I just got really lucky and got it. Yeah, and I think we even rolled. <laughs> we rolled on it because I was like, I want it too! <laughs> you Didn't got it. Didn't really? And then I won it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we must have because we weren't soloing it. So no, nope. and have you got rolled. that and you have the spider mount. The spider mount. Yeah, from the fire rifts. Oh, the Hellbug. Yes, Hellbug. That's it. You have the Hellbug mount. Yeah, I, I tell you, uh, Riff's uh, random number generator, when it comes to mounts, seems to love me. Because not not only did I get the Hellbug mount, but I've gotten like three of them. Oh. And you have yet to get one, right? Yep. I've yet to get one or roll on one or anything. I don't, well, I guess you don't roll on that, but yeah. yeah. I haven't even seen it. Yeah. Now, the, the three I did get were all the same, which I... There, it's the red one, which I believe is the most common. I think there's three different colors you can get. Really? That sounds cool. Yeah, so I'm not, like, super lucky. I didn't get, like, the rarest one three times. But considering how many Hellrifts we've done and you have yet to get one, I think I'm super lucky that I got three. Yeah, every time there's a Hellbug Rift, people are like, Oh, come, do come with us, come with us. <laughs> and I go, and I never get it, but that's all right. You know, those rifts are tough, too. Yeah. Like, if you look at the rift and you look at the fact that these things you're fighting, these hellbugs, are not elite, and you look at the level that they are, they are way tougher than any other creature that level would be. I guess they want to make it hard for you to get that mount and the pet. Yeah, yeah, they're they're pretty tough. So you guys, if, if I mean, who hasn't done a hellbug? Rift. I guess if you just started playing Rift today... Then you've never and, done one. <laughs> yeah, and you haven't done a Hellbug 
rift uh be warned they are tougher than the level of the rift would would seem to indicate <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um yeah so i i guess that's about it for me that's uh what i've been doing in game awesome tell me elf woman do you ascend it have good need before we go any further, I know you have a tasty-looking beer in your hand. I can't I see do. you because you're in the other room, but I know it. <laughs> so what are you <laughs> drinking, Lex? I am drinking Sierra Nevada's Tumbler, which is their seasonal uh, fall beer. It's an autumn brown ale. I was going to read their, their neat little blurb about it here on the bottle, but it's kind of dark in here, and I can't see it very well. But um, it's, uh, like I said, it's a brown ale, so it's kind of malty, kind of has that toasted malt flavor to it. I normally am not a huge fan of, of darker beers, and I don't know that I've ever had a brown ale before this, but this is, this is really good. I like it. How Excellent. about you, Nikki? Yeah, what I've had drinking? a few, and I've tasted your tumbler before that you're drinking, and it is really good. I think that's my favorite brown ale. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't know if you heard me. You walked on me. I uh, I asked you what you were drinking. Oh, I'm sorry, Lex. It's well, right. I am drinking Black Butte Porter, and it's by Deschutes Brewery, and they're over in Oregon. Um, it's really good. It's pretty dark, of course, because it's a porter, and they claim that it has a chocolate finish, but I'm just not getting that. I don't know. Maybe my hmm. taste isn't sensitive enough, but um, I am getting kind of a roasted flavor which i love so i'm enjoying it a lot yeah i tasted that one i i don't remember tasting anything chocolatey about it yeah not especially but um another thing i love about the shoes brewery is their packaging on the inside of the cap it says bravely done and i like that (laughs) nice nice i think that's their little slogan over there yeah and we we gotta apologize everyone if if it seems a little um, like we're talking over each other tonight, normally we record in the same room, like right next to each other, uh, which makes it easier. But we've been having problems with uh, background noise, uh, with basically our mics picking each other up, and it, it creates this like really bad echo. <laughs> and it's kind of a nightmare to edit out. And uh, so we're experimenting with trying to be in in different rooms which you know people do this on podcasts all the time they'll have people on the other side of the country or whatever right um skyping in so uh might take a little getting used to and we'll see uh if this is an improvement or not we're we're always trying to make the podcast sound better that's right that's right (laughs) i can smell you mortals and i am hungry As anyone who's played this game very much at all knows, there is a lot to do in Rift. We've talked about questing, zone events, and rifts so far on the podcast. And even with all that, we have barely scratched the surface of the options that you have available to you when you log into the game. Even as a low level, level 10 or lower character, there are so many things you can do. So today, we are going to talk about yet another activity you can enjoy in the game of Rift, and that's Instant Adventures. Yeah! 
You like your instant adventures, right, Nikki? I do. They're a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they are. Um, be sure to check our show notes for this episode. We'll have linked or maybe even hopefully embedded in the show notes a video that Tryon did to promote the instant adventures when they came out. It's only like a minute long, uh, but it's it's really fun. Kind of gets you all psyched up to, to do some instant adventures. <laughs> do they have like epic battles in the video? I didn't watch it. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. And it, um, it has some of the devs kind of talking about their reasoning behind instant adventures and, and why they, at the time, why they were implementing them and why they think they're so cool. And basically, in a nutshell, what instant adventures do for you is they're really great for casual players and they're really great for people that maybe don't have a ton of time to play when they log on to Rift. Like if you log on and you've only got 15 minutes to play or 20 minutes or 10 minutes or an hour or whatever, you know, you may not be enough time to do dungeons, may not be enough time to get a, a whole lot of quests done, you know, especially if you have to travel to a, your questing zone or whatever. You know, I, I as I'm sure our listeners know, played MMOs much at all, you know, it, it it's time consuming a lot yep. of the things you do in MMOs. Well, instant adventures are cool because they're exactly that. They're instant adventure. You you uh literally hit a button, um the default hotkey for this is your period key on your keyboard. You hit that, it brings up the in- instant adventure interface. You will have the choice to either pick from a few zones to do an instant adventure in or do a random adventure and then it puts you in a group usually almost instantly and in fact if you're waiting more than i'd say 30 seconds to a minute to get into an instant adventure group i would uh leave that queue and requeue because there's probably some kind of bug yeah going on because usually it's almost instantaneous you get in a group and it teleports you to where you need to go yeah, you don't have so to run sweet. there. Yeah, yeah, you don't have to spend money on a particulum. It teleports you there. You're in a group of people, and you have objectives. It's kind of like doing quests. You run around in the world. You kill various things, do various things, and uh, you get loot. You get gear. You get currencies. If you're really lucky, when it wants you to go really far away, it'll teleport you again. Yep. And then when you're done and you leave the group. It teleports you back to where you started. Yeah, I love that addition that they put in. And just more on your group um, that you're put with. You don't really need to obsess obsess about the composition of your group, meaning you don't really have to have a healer and a set tank and, you know, set people that are DPS. You just kind of go in and do your thing. Um, I've found the support class works really well. Yeah, you just kind of got to... play it by ear you know it, you could possibly be in an instant adventure all by yourself or you could be in an instant adventure with a full rate of 20 people or anywhere in between and the objectives of the adventure will scale depending on how many people are in your group so if you have 20 people you know you'll have to kill a lot more of whatever the critter is or gather a lot more of whatever the thing is than you will if you have five people Right. Yeah. I think today um, we were running uh, an IA 
and you and I were the only two in it originally, and so we had to kill four of each type of mob. Yeah. And then something like six other people joined us, or five other people, and suddenly we had to kill twenty of each kind of mob. <laughs> right. Yeah. But it、yeah. wasn't a problem because there were so many people. We just pulled a bunch of those mobs and just killed them all at once. Yep. You can start doing instant adventures as soon as you hit level ten. So,、uh, if you're level ten or higher, you can do instant adventures. You can also、uh, mentor. So, okay, I guess I should talk about the random adventure first. Every day, you have. You can do 14 random adventures, where it, it's kind of like a daily quest. Basically, you have 14 random adventures, or like your random dungeons, where for those 14 random adventures, you get bonus XP, bonus loot, all that good stuff. Now,、mm-hmm. once you've used up your 14 random adventures, you can still keep doing random adventures. You just don't get those bonuses anymore. So, if you do a random adventure. It may put you in a zone that's appropriate for your level, or it may put you in a lower level zone. Just kind of depending on how many people are available for you to adventure with and what levels they are. So, if it puts you in a lower level zone, the game will automatically mentor you down to the appropriate level for that zone to do those instant adventures in that zone. And then if、uh, Like as you're doing those adventures, if it then moves you to another zone, it'll mentor you again to the appropriate level. Yes, definitely, and you can also do it cross faction. So、yes. you'll be running around with guardians、uh, or defiance. Yes, and another thing to note, though, and this is really important, is when you leave the instant adventure, it does not mentor you back to your full level automatically. So、um, what I recommend. Uh, especially if you're a higher level character, say you're level 50, level 60, whatever, and you're instant adventuring in a lower level zone than what your level is, when you leave the group and the little pop-up comes up that says, you know, do you want to teleport back to, you know, wherever you came from? Before you say yes, go ahead and clear your mentor level so that when you pop up back in the zone you were in, if you're out in the world somewhere and something attacks you. You don't get slaughtered. <laughs> <laughs> you mean like what happened to me the other night? Like I didn't even realize I was still mentored, and、oh, I、yeah. think you dropped a banner. So I、yeah. come in, I take your banner, and I die immediately because I was mentored from the IA that I was just in. <laughs> I would be willing to bet money that this has happened to everybody. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're like, you know, you're level sixty, and you're in like a level. Twenty-nine zone or something, and you you go back to like the dendrome where you're requesting, and you're still level twenty-nine, and yeah, you、yep. get your ass stomped into the ground. <laughs> I'm really I'm really unsure why this isn't automatic, why it doesn't automatically you know unmentor you when you leave,、um, because. I don't know. It just seems like it should because it automatically mentors you to begin with, right? You know, but again, I don't know anything about making video games, so for all I know, it's excruciatingly hard to do that for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Where was I? I lost my place. Well, that's、um, all right. Some other things that that instant adventures are good for is it's a great way to find artifacts. 
Um, because sometimes the instant adventures may plop you down in a zone that you've been to before, but may put you in an area that you maybe haven't been to in that zone. So you may find some good places to look for artifacts. You also may find a quest hub in a zone that you didn't know about while you're instant adventuring. So yeah. if you're someone that, that likes doing those uh, achievements for doing all the quests in the zone, you can uh, find maybe some of the quests that you're missing by doing instant adventure. It's also a great way to, uh, to gather. You know, you can do your gathering while you're instant adventuring. You're foraging and mining and all that good stuff. Yep. Although I wouldn't recommend fishing during the instant adventure. That might <laughs> piss people off. Yeah, some people might get annoyed. <laughs> You can also join an instant adventure as a group if you want to. So if you want to group up with some of your friends or some of your guildies and queue up for instant adventure, you can do that and it will keep you all together in the instant adventure. Yep, that's right. And there are also, I'm I am not 100% sure if every zone has this, but I think that every zone does have a quest somewhere in the zone to do instant adventures in that zone. It will usually, I think, be to do seven instant adventures in that zone. Um, I believe, if I remember right, I think that these used to be daily quests, but they're not anymore. It's like a one-time quest that you do. Um, so you can either uh, queue specifically for instant adventure in that zone. So when you open your instant adventure interface, you'll if you're at the right level, you'll have an option to instant adventure in the zone that you're in. So you can do it that way, or you can just, you know, do your random adventures, and eventually you'll you'll get it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it may take a while, but you'll get yeah. it eventually, just by the random luck of the draw. Yep. <laughs> there is also an instant adventure daily quest. You can get this in either Sanctum or Meridian depending on what your faction is. And this will be to do... Is it seven quests? I think so. Yeah, so it's just do seven instant adventures. They can be random or not random, I believe. And you will get uh, some XP and gold, I believe, for, for turning in the quest. And that's in addition to you know your random instant adventure bonus if you're doing the randoms or... Or anything else, uh, you know, just your regular XP and stuff you get for doing the adventures. Now, once you're uh, higher level, like, you know, max level, um, I, I think the XP you get from that is like 5,000 XP. So it's definitely not worth, like, traveling halfway across the world to get that quest before you do instant adventures. But if you happen to be in your home city and can grab the quest, then, you know, it's a little, little bonus XP, more bang for your buck. Right, Nikki? That's right. And just uh, in case, you know, it's not clear, when, when you open the Instant Adventure interface, you will have the random adventure option, and then you will also have a few other options that are for spe specific zones, and those options will be based on your level. So if you're mentored, it will be based on your mentored level. So if you're in a particular zone and you want to do instant adventures in that zone, what you can do is mentor to the appropriate level for the zone and then open your instant adventure interface and you should have an option to adventure in that 
particular zone. And finally, the last way that I can think of that you can get into an instant adventure is if you're running around in the world questing or doing whatever and you get close enough to an instant adventure group that is already doing their thing, you will get a button on your screen pop up that asks if you want to join the adventure. And so you can just click that and it will put you in the group and you can join in the fun. Now I'm pretty sure that that won't count for like your random adventures of the day. So, oh, right. So if you're really concerned about getting those random bonuses and you haven't used your 14 randoms for the day, uh, you know, then, then you probably just want to queue for a random. You can also invite people to an instant adventure group. But again, if someone is invited into the group, then that basically is a specific adventure for them and it won't count as random. Okay, so you'll want to form your group before you enter the queue. Right, right. And we've had that happen with our guild where, you know, we're already instant adventuring a few of us and someone logs on and they want to join us. And, you know, we'll be like, oh, well, we'll just invite you. But then they're not getting the random bonuses. So, you know, what we'll do is we'll just all leave the IA group and then form our own group with everybody in it that we want to take and then requeue. And, and again, I mean, the queues are so short that it's not a big deal to do that. Get down on your knees and make it lovely. Overachievers. Not only are instant adventures a lot of fun, but you can also earn some achievements by doing them. Woohoo! Yep, each zone has their own instant adventure achievement. So you'll see the zone name in your achievement list and then the word adventurer. So Free March Adventurer, Silverwood Adventurer. And at first, you'll just need to do 10 instant adventures in that zone to get the achievement. But then that same achievement, like it is basically two in one, possibly more, but I just see two in one because then it ups it to a hundred instant adventures. So then you have to do a hundred in that zone to get the second part of the achievement. They have that for every zone? Yes, it seems to me they do. It does depend on your faction though. So for instance, as a Defiant, I have the Free March Adventurer achievement, but a Guardian would not see that achievement, and instead they're going to see the Silverwood Adventurer under the the correct zone. So they go under Silverwood, and they see that achievement, and I don't if I go under Silverwood. I did not know about the, the 100 Adventure achievement. That is insane. Yeah, a lot of them, I only have about 40 instant adventures, so... I think you'd actually have to purposefully queue in that zone for that particular adventure and just do that over and over again. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you would. I was just thinking that because there's no way just doing randoms that that you would ever get 100 in one particular zone. There's way too many zones in the game. Exactly. Wow, that that is crazy. So you would have to be all about instant adventure to get that. Yeah, and not just one game time play either. You'd have to do that like every day or <laughs> many times when you play. Right, and you know that most people who are trying to do that, they're doing their 14 randoms first. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> that is a lot of instant adventure. Yeah, if, if you just kept doing randoms, I bet it would take you years before you got 100 instant adventures in each zone. I might just have to try to get an achievement for that. I'm thinking the Dendrome. Oh, wow. 
One hundred IAs in the dendrome. <laughs> Soon you will fight. For now, you must learn. Rips, tips, and tricks. For this episode's tips and tricks segment, I thought I would talk a little bit about mentoring in the game. Since we're kind of on the instant adventure theme for this episode, I thought mentoring would be a good thing to talk about because. As we've already discussed a little bit, mentoring goes hand in hand with instant adventure, especially if you're doing the random instant adventures. You will be mentored a lot,、uh, just because my feeling is that the game is trying to get people into larger groups whenever possible, because instant adventure is a lot more fun in a group of people than all by yourself or with just two or three people. And just you know the the way the numbers work out, you know a lot of times if you're max level at level sixty, you're going to end up in a lower level adventure just because, just because there's, there's more players, right? And、levels. there's okay, there's more zones that aren't sixty than there are that are right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so men- mentoring is also a great way to enjoy content in the game with. Uh, your friends in the game and people in your guild.、Um, I remember playing in other MMOs and even in Rift before they introduced mentoring. That it was kind of a drag when you would get a friend to play the game. You know, you've been playing the game for a while and you've told your buddy how great the game is, and they finally play it. And unless you make a new character to play with them, it's like you really couldn't do content together because there was such a vast gulf in. The differences of power between your two characters. That you know, if you went and tried to quest with them, it, you know, you'd just be like killing everything in sight in a heartbeat, and they'd just be standing back, going, "What the fuck, man? Are you gonna let me do anything?" Yeah, they'd be pretty <laughs> bored. <laughs> so yeah, you know, mentoring's great because you can mentor down to your buddy's level, and you can do dungeons with them, you can do quests with them, instant adventure, whatever. Yeah, it was brilliant for Tryon to add that. So, a few little tips and tricks with mentoring. When you're queuing for a random dungeon and you're queuing with some people in your group that are lower than your level, and you want to queue as a mentor, make sure that whoever is the leader of the party, who is the one queuing the group using the dungeon finder, make sure that they check the little checkbox at the top right. Of that window that says Q as mentor, otherwise、uh, it's it's not going to work for you. Although it still may not work because they have tons of bugs. <laughs> it feels like. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, there are、um, some bugs with the mentoring system.、Uh, we've ex- encountered it a lot with our guild because we、um, we've been recruiting a lot of new players and a lot of. Players who are returning to the game and making new characters, and we want to do content with our new friends in the guild. So you know we're mentoring down a lot to do lower level dungeons with them, and and we found a lot of times you know even when you check the queue as mentor box that it won't let you、uh, it won't let you queue, and the little lock will be over the random normal dungeon, and you'll mouse over it, and it'll say something to the effect that someone in your level. Is not high enough level to do the dungeon or whatever. Someone in your group, you mean? 
Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Someone in your group. Okay. And you're looking around saying, well, everybody's high enough level. There's dungeons we can do. You know, what gives? And uh, the way that we've kind of discovered that that you can make this work is look at your party. Look at people's natural levels and find whoever in your party is the lowest level person and have everybody else mentor to that level. Yeah, that seems to work pretty well. Yeah, and then you should be able to queue for a normal random dungeon and you won't even click that queue as mentor because you you guys are basically all already mentored. The the only problem with that method is that it seems like that you will only queue for dungeons in that level. So if if the person is say level 43, and everybody mentors down to level 43, you're only going to get dungeons that are in that level range. You're not going to get any like level 20 dungeons or anything like that. So I, I definitely think that this is not working as intended because I think Tryon really wants you to be able to queue the whole group as mentors and be able to do any dungeon that's doable by the people in your group, including the, the lower level ones. But... Um, it, it is a bit buggy right now, isn't it, Nikki? Yeah, it's a little annoying, but you get through it. Also, a lot of times, uh, if you're in a group with people and you, you've mentored, a lot of times you will have to leave the group in, e- in order to either clear your mentor level or to change it. Yeah, and this is especially happens uh, in IAs. Yeah, in IAs, I don't think I've ever seen a time where you could change it without leaving. Like, it's something that the IA thing does you know so that you can't monkey around with your level while you're in that group but you know if you're if you're doing open world stuff like you're doing rifts or whatever and people are mentoring you should be able to change that whenever you want or reset it but if you ever can't if you ever can't that's not good english (laughs) (laughs) if you're ever not able to do that uh just try leaving the group changing your level and then rejoining the group or worst case scenario just have everybody leave the group change their levels and reform the group that always works yep also you cannot change your mentor level while you're in combat so for some of you newer players who may not know one way to tell that you're in combat other than the fact that a mob is trying to kill you (laughs) is to look at your unit frame, the little picture of your guy where your health and your mana and everything is on your screen. And around your picture, there will be like a red glowing ring around your picture if you're in combat. And as long as you're in combat, you won't be able to change your mentor level at all. Yeah. And when you decide what level you finally need to mentor to, a good rule of thumb, which is something that you told me, Lex, is that yeah. you can go up to your mob's level um, go up to the mob's level that you're fighting plus five, and then the mob will be green, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, well, that's for a normal mob. If, if they're elite, you can usually go higher than five levels above them if you want and still have them be green. Okay. But I'm not sure that there's a, like, a fixed rule for that because I'm pretty sure sometimes I've gone six levels and they're green, seven levels and they're... It kind of seems to vary based on the mob. Okay. But so what you can, feel what it you out. can, yeah, what you can do is before you engage them, you know, be a safe distance, target them, and try mentoring the different levels and figuring out uh, where you want to be. 
if on the other hand if you don't want to fight green mobs and, and you want more of a challenge I found that usually if you mentor two levels below the mobs you're fighting that they'll they'll be yellow for you and a little more challenging okay also uh, one special note in regards to the madness and methosia event and also I think zone events in general well okay let, let me step back. For the Madness and Methosia, when you mentor for that event, because you need to be mentored to get the special bonus rewards for that, um, we mentioned this last time, mm -hmm. but when you do that, you want to base your level based on the level of the zone, not necessarily the level of the mobs that you're fighting. So if you're in a zone that goes up to level 40, even if you're fighting a, a mob in there, that's level 41, you still want to only be mentored to level 40 if you want to get those those shinies from the, uh, from the event. That's right. And when it comes to the zone events, uh, we, we talked quite a bit about this in our last episode on zone events, and I pointed out, or Nikki did, I don't remember which one of us said it, <laughs> but one of us said that um, when you're doing zone events, uh, you want to be mentored to an appropriate level so that you get more rewards. I forgot to mention that also if if you are in a zone event and you are out-leveling the bosses that you're fighting, uh, you will do less damage. In fact, you do practically no damage compared to what you would do if you were the appropriate level. Really? I didn't even know that. Yeah, and I think I think this is a fairly recent change. And by recent, I mean this has changed since, you know, we left the game before <laughs> Storm <laughs> okay. Legion. So I'm not sure how recent it was. But it, it's, it hasn't always been this way. But, but the way they have it now, you know, if you're level 60 and you're in the level 30 zone and you're thinking that you're going to, you know, kick the, the zone event boss's ass... Um, you're going to be doing little to no damage until you mentor down to the right level. Which okay. um, I, I don't think I've asked you how you feel about this, Nikki, but personally I I 100% support this because I think it's a drag to have you know a level 60 come in and steamroll content that other people are trying to do. And I think it's awesome that they that they have it this way so that if you want to fight this boss, you need to be the right level so that you're challenged and everybody can have fun, not just you. What yeah. do you think, Nikki? Well, I think, um, I think that sounds about right. But my initial thought, honestly, is that it's fun to be a level 60 and to go in and one-shot mobs. <laughs> but yeah. for zone event bosses, yeah, I can see where... It would kind of be raining on everybody's parade if you came in there and took them down in two seconds. Yeah. And, and you know, if, if you're like Nikki and you like feeling uber-powerful <laughs> and one-shotting things, you can still, you know, fight everything else in the zone. And you can still go do low-level dungeons by yourself, non-mentored, and, <laughs> and, and get that feeling. But... This is only for the zone event bosses that this mechanic is, is in play. Pull the wings from every wanton pixie! Skin every slimy boggling in the marsh! But do not interfere with my revelry! The Art of Rift 
While being fun to play, Rift also has some great art in it and some awesome looking creatures that roam Talara. Lex, how often do you really look at the monsters that you're fighting? Oh, oh, you had to ask me that. Yes. Um, <laughs> now you're going to shame me. <laughs> no, um, no. <laughs> I'm just I, throwing it out there. Okay, well, first of all, I, I want to apologize to all the art people at Tryon. Um, I am ashamed to say that I don't always pay attention. <laughs> oh, I knew it. <laughs> to to the mobs. Um, sometimes I'm just like in the zone, and they're just an obstacle to overcome to me, or an ass to stomp into the ground. And <laughs> I don't pay a lot of attention to what they look like. But um, I, it's funny you asked me that because I, I'm not sure how long ago it was, but there there was. A moment not terribly long ago that I was playing the game and I realized that I do this a lot and I thought you know the art in this game is so amazing yeah and the creatures are I mean there's such diversity and so much imagination I feel like yeah and they're not all just um, creatures grabbed from different mythologies that you've seen before I mean right. there are truly unique beings that the people at Tryon have invented with their own creativity and I was like you know I should really pay more attention and stop and smell the roses or stop and smell the um, monster butts (laughs) (laughs) or something else because oftentimes being a tank you're like right in in front of them smell (laughs) the boss crotches (laughs) (laughs) right so yeah, I've I have been making a conscious effort, especially when I go into a new zone or I'm somewhere that I haven't been before, to really to really pay attention and to really just kind of stop and and enjoy um, enjoy the sights. Yeah, definitely. I love the the monsters in um, all the zones because I think they're so original, like you were saying. But um, I also like the animations. So if you ever do stop and look at the characters, look at the animations too. Because some of them, I just feel like I've never seen exactly the same animation twice. Now, I hesitate to say that because I'm sure somebody out there is like, well, I have, you know, the same animation is for five different characters. But I don't know. I just feel like there's enough variety that I don't get bored. But um, the the monsters in Rift sometimes inspire other artists in their own work. And I found this out because I stumbled upon a Deviant Art contest. And this was back in 2011. But okay. Rift uh, Tryon asked artists to create a new Colossus. And cool. I don't know for sure if any of them got put into the game yet. Um, maybe they will eventually. But the artists got to choose a plane. So Earth, Fire, Rift, or a Life, <laughs> Rift, Life, um, Death. And then they could use any medium and they would create um, the Colossus. And then they'd also put like the size of a person. So probably a Mythosian. Is that the human race basically in our game? Yeah, that's the uh, the guardian human race. Okay, well, they would put one of um, a humanoid character in there too, so you could tell how big the Colossus is in comparison. Okay. And some of the entries were mind blowing. One was, and I think this was the winner, but it looked like a mountain basically, is suspended on six huge legs. 
so almost like a spider or something like that. And um, just this, it looked like a volcano almost. And it was wow. just, it's really cool. I'll definitely post a link on our site so everybody can take a look at it if they want to. Um, another one that I was really impressed by was this um, Colossus from the Plane of Fire. And it almost looked like lava was seeping out from different cracks in his armor. Whoa. Yeah, so people were really creative with the, the Colossuses. And although it's kind of an old contest, you can still go back and see all of the entries. Yeah, totally. Sounds badass. Prepare to be destroyed, heroes. Guild Perks. <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to our new Guild Perks segment. Yeah! Guild Perks! <laughs> Guild Perks. <laughs> Nikki and I have talked quite a bit about our guild on this podcast, and it occurred to us the other day that maybe we should talk about the guild some more. Yeah, <laughs> not only because I like talking about our guild because they're so awesome, but yes, because are. other players that and other people that are listening to us might wonder what it takes to kind of build a guild up um, from the ground up. And Lex, you started our current guild that we have right now. Why did you even want to start a guild? It seemed like a lot of work to me. For one reason, it's something that I've never done before. Um, I've, I've played various MMOs that had guilds or the equivalent in them, and I've never started one myself before. And I had some, I don't know if you'd say issues, but there were things about guilds I've been in in the past that I didn't like, and I... You know, I was never able to find a guild that was exactly what I was looking for, and so I thought I would try to create the guild that I've been looking for. And uh, I, I joked around with you actually uh, when I when I started the guild. Um, I just almost did it on a whim, except for the fact that you know I've I've thought about starting a guild a lot of times in the past and oh what would i do but i'd never really seriously decided to do it but, right but when i finally decided to do it it was kind of spontaneous and i was just kind of fed up and and i was ready to start my own guild and and i was joking around with you i was like well i'm gonna start this guild and it might be a guild of one because i'll be the only person in it. <laughs> yeah and, and i like, couldn't believe that i was like i'll yeah. join your guild duh okay so it quickly became a guild of two <laughs> but then i really thought it would be a guild of two maybe and uh so the the first thing you have to do when you start a guild is you have to get a guild charter from the guild uh magistrate or the guild the guild dude i don't remember the guild exactly dude. what it's called that's the his guild name. dude <laughs> guild dude um in meridian or sanctum and uh he gives you a charter which is an actual like in-game item and then you have to find people to sign it i think it was five people something like that okay and they have to quote unquote sign the charter which basically means they they join your pseudo guild that hasn't started yet. And then once those five people have signed the charter, 
then the guild is born. And then at that point, you can kick all five people out if you want. Um, you know, sometimes people make uh, just guilds with an alt to like store stuff in the bank or whatever, and and you know they'll do that. And yeah, and um, I've seen those people like offer platinum basically to sign the charter. They tell others, "Well, I'll give you a platinum or two if you just sign it. You can leave right after." <laughs> yeah, well, that's actually what I did. I I offered people. I, I don't remember. I think I offered him one or two platinum, and and I was asking in like free march. So you know these were level one to ten players, where one to two platinum is actually a good amount of money. Right. And because um, I just I didn't want to spend a, like all day trying to get the guild charter signed, so I figured if I offered money, I, I could get people pretty quickly. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, How which quick I did. Was it? What's that? How quick was it? Oh, I don't know. It was probably half an hour, maybe. I, I started out in Meridian, and I don't think I even got anybody in Meridian to sign it. So I ended up going to that first little uh, quest area in Free March where there's the Particulum. Yeah. Um, I forget what it's called now. Is that King's Breach? Is it King's Breach? I don't. <laughs> We've tried to remember this before on the podcast. Is it the Ark of the Ascended? Is that Ark of the Ascended? Yes. Yes. Okay, got it. Ark of the Ascended, yes. So I went there, and I actually, if I remember right, the first person that I got to sign the charter was right there by the particulum at Ark of the Ascended. And this person actually, when when I got every everybody I needed, and I, because I when I advertised for, it, I said I just need people to sign the charter. I'll give you a platinum, and you don't need to stay in the guild, you know. Right. It's. I just need people to get this thing going, and then you know you can do whatever you want. Well, I I got the guild started, and and so then I told everybody I was like, okay, you guys can leave if you want. Yeah. And this one guy that I, if I remember right, I think it was the first guy I found. He was like, oh, I'll stick around for a while. <laughs> and he is still in the guild. He's one of, if not our most active member. He's he's a great guy. Um, and yeah, so I just got lucky and found him totally by accident. Yeah. And now we'll know <laughs> if he listens to the podcast because he'll yeah. be like, oh, you guys said something about me. Why didn't you mention my name? Yeah. <laughs> well, if you want us to mention your name, we can mention your name next time, but I don't want to mention people's names, you know, without yeah. their permission. but yeah, he listens. He knows who he is. He knows, he knows who he's he awesome. is. <laughs> we don't need to tell him he's awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, are you glad that you made a guild now that you have one? Oh yeah, our our guild is is awesome. I mean, it, it went from I thought it was just going to be me and you to you know we we got a, like a handful of people, and you know they were all cool, um, and I just you know every once in a while I would recruit more people, and for the most part, everybody we've gotten has been really awesome. Um, we've we've had some people that joined and then just disappeared. Yeah. <laughs> like they're still in the guild, but they haven't logged on in a long time. And I'm just guessing that these are people who tried the game. You know, it's free to play, so it's easy for people to just like check it out. And maybe Rift wasn't for them or they don't have time to play it or who knows. Right. Um, and, and I think we've had maybe one or two people that just didn't work out. Yeah. 
But other, I mean, other than that, everybody has not only like worked out, but like they're awesome. Yeah, and like a lot of folks seem pretty enthusiastic about the guild, which is what I love. The yeah. guild, building the guild allowed us to kind of build our and create our own community. And so we even created a forum for our guilds, and so yeah. everybody can talk about whatever they want. They can talk about yep. stuff that doesn't have anything to do with Rift if they want to, and that kind of encourages friendship, too. Right, right. So I guess um, if you want to start your own guild, the, the first real hurdles that you have to overcome is um, getting that charter signed and getting people in the guild, like recruiting, right? Yeah. So I'm I'm definitely not an expert on any of this, but I, I can tell you what worked for me and what didn't work for okay. me. Um, so as far as the charter, I think offering the platinum like is a good way to go. If as far as just getting people to sign a charter so that you can get the guild created, um, that's not necessarily the best way to recruit members that you want to keep in the guild. <laughs> Bribe them. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, basically. Um, but if you're just like, I just want to get the guild created and I can like start buying my bank vaults and get things set up and then later worry about, you know, recruiting the people that I want in the guild, then I think, you know, offering a plat is, is a good way to go. And, and I guess I'll just go to recruitment because, I mean, that's basically what you're doing either way, right? Whether it's for the charter or just to get more bodies yeah. in your guild. Yeah. Um, my experience has been I've I've tried various things. I've tried uh, doing little adverts in the various chat channels for the levels. So there's you know there's like level one to twenty nine chat, and there's I think it's level thirty to forty nine. Okay. I, I don't remember the exact chat channels, and then there's like fifty to fifty nine, and then there's level sixty chat. So I've tried recruiting in those channels to get people and what a lot of people do is they make a macro so that they just hit this macro and it says their little blurb about the guild i did not do that every time i decided i'm going to recruit for the guild now i would just write something fresh yeah and then when i wanted to repost that you can open your your chat pane and then hit shift up arrow Okay. And scroll up through everything you've said, and you can find your advert and then re-enter it that way. The first piece of advice I would give is wherever you're advertising, don't like spam the channel. I, I think even posting an advert every five minutes or ten minutes is too much. It just annoys people. Like, like say your say your piece, and then wait, you know, half an hour or something before you post in that same channel again. Because um, you just you don't want to be annoying. You yeah, know? And, that, and you don't. I doubt you reach out to a lot of newer, new people on that channel in five. If you only wait for five minutes, you know. Whereas if you wait a half hour, you are bound to get some new folks looking at your message. Right. Right. Yeah. That's that's a really good point. That said, I have not had very much luck at all with those channels. I'm I'm not sure why. I mean, I'm sure I've gotten one or two or whatever people from those channels, but very, very few of the people in our guild did I recruit from one of those channels. I, I think maybe people ignore those channels or they're just, they're very busy. So it's a lot of noise. Yeah. This is, this is where I found success is first I thought about 
what kind of people do I want in the guild? And that will kind of tell you um, where you want to recruit. Okay, so if you're like, okay, let's say you're putting together a raiding guild. Okay. And you're like, I want to raid, I want to be a raiding guild. You're going to want to go recruit in probably like the level 60 zones, right? Right. Because that's where the players are that that you're looking for. Um, for our guild, when we when we started the guild, we'd just come back to the game. We'd only been playing maybe a few weeks since we came back. And so we wanted to find people who were either like us, people who played before, taken a break, and had recently come back, and were maybe making new characters, maybe not, or people who were completely new to the game. Because we both like, you know, helping newbies out, and, you know, unfortunately, some people can be dicks, and it's really unfortunate, you know, because we all benefit by having more people playing this game, right? Like right. there's more people for the dungeon queues, more people for PvP queues, or whatever you do. Like more people is better. If if you didn't want to play with other people, why are you playing an MMO? <laughs> Precisely. <laughs> right. So so to to be a dick to someone who's new to the game and just doesn't know is really counterproductive. You know, you're just hurting yourself. I really wanted to have a guild where people could ask any question in guild chat no matter how quote-unquote dumb or noobish or whatever and not have to worry for a second that anybody in the guild is gonna make fun of them or give them some smart ass non-helpful answer in the effort to be funny which is usually what happens if you try to ask a question like that in like one of the the level chat channels like level 60 chat right ask any question ask any serious question in any chat channel like that and nine out of ten of your answers will be just total bullshit. <laughs> like people trying to be funny and failing miserably. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, so I wanted, you know, a very, you know, a place where people could learn the game. So once I decided what kind of player I wanted, I thought, well, the best place to find those people are in the newbie zones, right? right. And that's also a great people or a great people. It's <laughs> also a great place to find people because presumably there are more people in a newbie zone like percentage wise who aren't in a guild than there are in like a higher level zone oh that makes sense so i recruited a lot and i mean i'm defiant i play defiant so i didn't recruit uh guardians at all so i guess you you could look at the guardians in our guild and figure out how many people i got from the level channels because that's the only way they would have probably heard about us <laughs> because I recruited in Meridian. I recruited in free March. I recruited in Stonefield, which I guess, you know, they could be over there doing instant adventure questing or something. Yeah. Um, but what I did is I would, I would go to Meridian and I would recruit in the Meridian channel. Okay. I would go to free March. I would recruit in the free March channel. I would go to Stonefield and re- recruit in the Stonefield channel. Okay. And I basically would go to every zone up to, like, say, level 30. Yeah. And recruit in those zone channels. And again, I would I would only, you know, post a message maybe every half hour. And, you know, I have a ton of teleports, so I would literally just teleport from zone to zone. I'd, like, teleport in the stone field, post my little advert, and then teleport to the next zone. Because... At the end of my advert, I would always say, you know, PST, please, please send Tao. Tell. Yeah. 
so I don't have to worry about staying in the zone waiting for people to like answer me. If they're going to answer me, they're going to whisper me, and it doesn't matter where where I am. I had a lot of success from that, and and I would say I found being in an actual zone like I got more people from Free March than I did from Meridian. Okay. But but definitely even Meridian is better than you know level one to twenty nine chat. Right. In in my experience, and and then the the other thing was just. You know, telling people, you know, you're welcome to bring your alts in. If you have any friends that play the game, you know, just let me know. They're welcome. But yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Okay. Well, once you get all these people together, or at least an, a nice group that you're happy with, um, and you start doing guild quests, uh, how do you pick your perks? Because I know you get guild perks, and you do all of that. I don't touch the guild perks, so... Unfortunately... Picking the guild perks is not as difficult as I wish it was. <laughs> <laughs> and by that, I mean there just aren't a lot to choose from. And if if you're making a guild where you're like, we're going to raid, we're going to PvP, we're going to do dungeons. we're You know, if you're making a guild that literally does everything in the game. Yeah. Then, you know, you may have some decisions to make about what guild perks to pick. Okay. But if you're picking a guild that's focused in any way, it's it's kind of easy because there's unfortunately there's not that many guild perks, and a lot of them are kind of not that great. Aww, <laughs> we'll hopefully try and we'll maybe uh, tweak that in the future. Yeah, I I think they will. I mean, they've they've raised the the level cap for guilds at least once, um, but. From from my observation, and again, I, I've only recently started running a guild, but you know, I always paid attention to what perks I had when I was in other guilds. I haven't seen any real major changes to the guild perks, like since launch. I, I mean, I think they've added some, like they they've added like crit power banner and stuff like that, um, but but no real like massive addition of guild perks or anything. So. I think it's it's definitely overdue, and I'm I'm sure they know that they're really good at doing what they do. So I'm I I have faith <laughs> that there <laughs> will be more guild perks coming. Not I'm to sound like a 3. guardian, 0. right? What's that? Not to sound like a guardian, right? You're saying yeah. you have faith over there. No, see, I have faith in Tryon. Okay. <laughs> which, which Tryon is something that exists. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the guardians would say their gods exist. But... Well, yeah, the vigil exists. I, okay. I, I don't deny their existence. I just deny their uh, omniscience. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I gotcha. So, how often do you get to pick these uh, perks that you're not too enthused about? <laughs> oh well, don't get me wrong. I mean, some of the perks are are really cool. Like you get perks that increase. The planar attunement XP you get, you get okay. perks that increase the money that you loot. Um, all, all I was trying to say is, if you have kind of a focus to your guild, if you're like, my guild is about this, this is what we're going to do, which you really should, I think, then I think it will be pretty easy for you to decide what perks to pick. Like, for instance, our guild, um, we're, we don't raid, we're a non-raiding guild, uh, we do pretty much every kind of non-rating PVE that you can think of. Um, we're all about doing content with our lower level members. It's it's not a guild where you have to get to level 60 before you can do stuff with the guild. 
I mean, we are all about, you know, we decide who wants to do something and then we decide what to do based on who's in the group, you know? So if we've got a level 20 person in the group, well, then we're going to that zone to do rifts or whatever we're going to do. So for us, you know, like there's, there are PVP perks. So, you know, at least in the beginning, we weren't getting any PVP perks because we're not really about PVP. I mean, people are welcome to PVP, but we're not, you know, that's not like our focus. And, you know, there, there are some perks that are definitely more geared towards raiding that we don't need to worry about because we don't raid. My advice to you would be to kind of have a vision for your guild. You know, what, when, when you imagine, you know, you and people in your guild getting together and having fun in this game, what kind of things do you see yourselves doing? You know, do, do you want to do instant adventure with your guild? Do you want to raid with your guild? Do you want to do PvP or conquest or warfronts with your guild? You know, and, and once you kind of get that nailed down, then, you know, picking the perks is easy, I think. Okay, so it sounds like you've kind of got to have a plan before you even start your guild, really. I think so, at least a little bit, because, you you know, you want to you wanna know who, who you want in your guild. Not just what kind of content you want to do, but, but what kind of players do you want. Do you want people that are you know, hardcore players? Do you want casual players? Do you want adults? Do you want, you know, people that have kids, people that don't have kids, people that are kids, (laughs) (laughs) people who want to play with their kids? Right. Very different. Yeah, those are all things I I think it's good to think about. Um, Because, you know, you know what they say, you can't, you can't get what you want if you don't know what you want, right? (laughs) (laughs) That's a pretty good motto. (laughs) So you asked me a question back there that I don't think I answered because I got off on the guild perks tangent again. Oh, that's all right. I was just curious how often you get to pick a perk Oh. and put points into your perks. Right, right. Okay. So your guild has levels and you get XP by doing the guild quests. And every time you level, you get uh, points to spend for your guild perks. And when you look at your guild perks, and anybody in the guild can do this, can look at their perks, you'll notice on the left you have active perks, and on the right you have passive perks. And so every time your guild levels, your guild gets one point to spend on a passive perk and one point to spend on an active perk. Ah, okay. Yeah, and... It's kind of funny um, because one of the beefs I had with some of the guilds I was in in the past was I didn't like where they were spending some of their points in the perks. Because, like, for instance, I would be in a guild that claimed not to be a raiding guild, but yet they'd get all these raiding perks. But um, I was a little out of my tree on that because (laughs) I didn't realize... I thought you just got X amount of points and you could put them wherever you wanted. I didn't realize that you had to get a passive and an active each level. And um, that kind of forces your hand. Like for me personally in our guild, there's pretty much I like all the passive perks. There are definitely some I like better than others. But um, if I had my way, we would have every passive perk and we wouldn't have very many active perks at all. Ah, okay. There's a lot of these banners in the active perks that I just to me seem like a total waste of time. Like I don't even want them, but... Um, that's not the way it works. You have to you have to spend active 
perk points. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, and the banners, do they just give you points like extra armor bonus or something like that? Yeah, there's there's um, (laughs) there's basically a banner for every stat, like not not like your strength and dex, but like attack power, armor, spell power, crit power, things like that. There are banners that increase all of that for for your party. Okay. The only banner I find terribly useful is the uh, the rally banner, which is awesome. I, I really wish people in our guild would would use them more, but um, hopefully we can we can get them around to that. Um, the the rally banners are really great. If you guys don't know, um, there are two consumable items that you need to have in your in your bag on your person to get full use out of them. There's the rally banner and the rally scroll. And they both have a cooldown. The The basic cooldown for the banner is, I believe, an hour. And for the scroll is 30 minutes. Um, but some of the guild perks, uh, the passive perks, of course, because they're the cool ones, uh, reduce that cooldown a bit. <laughs> right. But what the banner does when you use a rally banner, it drops this banner at your feet. And then anybody in your guild, if they have a rally scroll, can use that rally scroll and they teleport to you. And it's it's really useful. We were in a guild on, a, on another shard quite a long time ago, um, which was one of my favorite guilds I've been in. They were, they were all about the rally banners. And what we used them for in that guild is basically if you were in a zone event and you got to the final boss you would drop a rally banner so that everybody and and this was in the ember isle days so these were like end game zone events but right. then everybody could teleport in fight that final boss and get their inscribed source stone and and uh, their planar attunement experience and all that good stuff we also would use them if someone found a rare spawn of any kind they would banner people in yeah and you know another really useful thing that we would do in that guild and i forgot until you brought it up but we'd use the rally banners when you needed to find um like a puzzle and it was somewhere remote and it was hard to get to yeah or the cairns and we would uh, pop a banner there so people could just come right come right to us and get the achievement yeah yeah that was great that was great so I've I've been trying to use them in our guild. It seems like a lot of times I pop the banner and no one takes it, or like one person will take it. But I, I think it's just a thing of, of getting everybody to understand how it works, because a lot of times someone will be like, "Oh, I don't have any scrolls." Yeah. So yeah, I would really if you're in a guild, you know, I I always have like at least ten of each in my bag, like a stack of banners and a stack of scrolls because they're they're really they're really useful. Very handy. Yeah, it's a total no-brainer. Yeah. All right. Well, so far, um, we've talked quite a bit about our guild. But if you uh, have any questions that we didn't mention or um, didn't tell you guys about, please email us at theriftpodcast at gmail.com. We'll mention it again um, at the end, but I just wanted to tell you guys. If you're sitting there with burning questions, you can email us. Yeah, in this segment, um, you know, we, we don't want to sit here and give PowerPoints and teach you guys stuff because that's not terribly fun. Um, I have enough of that at work. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> we we kind of this segment we just kind of want to you know talk about our guild but but not about so much about our guild specifically but more about um creating and running a guild in general so if if you guys like nikki said if you guys have any questions um let us know and you know maybe we'll just we'll just answer your question by email or if uh, a lot of people are asking the same thing we'll just talk about it on the next episode kira would you like to see a trick i learned no i don't find that sort of thing amusing come now kira i am sure you would enjoy it apparently giving life creatures a dose of death magic is explosive oh very well Show me this trick. Nikki, I think we have just about flogged this dead horse to death. What do you think? Yes, I think so too. <laughs> or wait a minute. I just said we flogged a dead horse to death. That doesn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> Maybe I'll get that in post. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that sounds good. You might want to fix that. <laughs> um, so Nikki, How how would you like to tell our wonderful beautiful listeners how they can get a hold of us and participate more in this beautiful podcast? <laughs> well, um all you listeners can find us on iTunes and Stitcher and you can get those links as well as many other helpful links within our show notes on lexstarwalker.com and if you go there you'll also be able to download the MP3. And if you guys enjoy our show uh and you use iTunes please leave us a review on iTunes we uh would love to have some reviews on there so that people can know that we don't completely suck um any <laughs> listeners <laughs> who leave us a five star review will be thanked on this podcast right here that's right and you can always email us like i was saying with any comments questions or requests for topics that you'd like us to cover. Absolutely. It's theriffpodcast@gmail.com. And follow us on Twitter for updates on the podcast and to find out when we're recording next. You can find us on Twitter at theriffpodcast. Yes, and I'd like to take this opportunity to thank Riff Reporter Podcast. If you haven't heard about them, we will put a link in the show notes. Um that's another Riff podcast and Chris and Selenia gave us a little shout out um on their last cast, I believe. And so I just want to say thank you. Yes, thank you guys. Much much appreciated. And I would also like to thank our listeners for all the email and feedback that we've gotten from you guys. We really uh, appreciate it and like knowing that uh people are listening. and uh your feedback has been very helpful we've tried to implement uh quite a few of your suggestions into the show and we've also been getting some emails from people asking questions uh questions about things that we've talked about in the show uh from from newer players sometimes uh just with general questions about the game and uh that is totally awesome and we just want to let you guys know that that we're open to those questions and If you guys have questions about anything we've talked about or about the game in general, anything that will help you enjoy this game more, uh feel free to ask us by email um and we will do our best to answer them. Right, Nikki? That's right. <laughs> Did you fall asleep over there? No. <laughs> I'm still here. <laughs> okay, okay. 
Well, everyone, uh, this wraps up episode four of Through the Rift. We will be back on the air again next week. Thank you for listening and enjoy the game. Bye, everyone. Thanks, guys. Bye. This episode's music provided by Ish, Cloudwalker, Renfield, and Transboy. Please see the show notes for more details at LexStarWalker.com. I'm awesome!